Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. We are your hosts. I am Steven. And I'm Kyle. How's it going, Kyle? It's going. It's late. Yeah, it, we're in the midst of an Arctic fucking blast that's terrible. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Uh, yeah, awesome's not the word that I would have chose, but yeah, it's going to be fine. Um, where to start today? I'm going to look into the old uh, Battle for Los Angeles. I know a bunch of people have requested that, so I did a little bit of research on that. I'm going to talk about it. Um, I want to take the time to shout out uh, Tony Merkel in the Confessional Podcast because him reaching out to us and letting us come on his show has propelled our show exponentially. That being said, I know a ton of people are reaching out to us. We are trying to get back to everyone, but it is a slow process. We were not fucking ready. No, we definitely weren't. But it has been humbling, and it's been awesome how well his listeners are driving with us. You know, it's just, we are extremely grateful. Absolutely. And do not stop reaching out. We promise we'll try to get back to everybody. Everybody's sending their experiences in and all kinds of dope shit. It's just been fucking awesome. So if anybody doesn't listen to uh, the confessionals, make sure you hop over there and check him out. He has some excellent content. It's definitely worth it. Um, before we get into our episode, we got to go through the business. So check us out at all our social medias, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, pretty much anything that is social and media. We are there. Search up the Hollow Sky podcast. Come over and hang out with us. Share memes, share weird shit you find on the internet, funny stuff, you know, just build a community. Um, if you have a personal experience you'd like to share, Kyle's going to tell you how to do it. You can record it with just about anything. You can use your smartphone with the voice memo app, record your story, and then email it to holoskypodcast at gmail.com. You can write your story out and do the same. Email it to us. You can hit anybody up on social media platforms with your story. Or you can come on the show. Hell yeah. Whichever one you choose. Hell We're here. Yeah. Uh, we also have a Patreon. Or wow. Wow. A Patreon. If you would like to uh, support the show that way, hop over, find a tier you like, and just, you know choose it and get some dope shit that being said we got some new patrons uh we want to shout out bryce uh, patrick and be more you clothing for supporting the show uh can't thank you guys enough it's fucking awesome yeah it's it's crazy it's absolutely crazy we also have a uh, venmo if you'd like to buy us a monster i would crack one open now but i'm already three deep since i worked 12 hour shift today so That's my heart is probably heart telling me not city. to drink another one uh where are we at now five star rating and review the best way you can help um support the show is wherever you listen to your podcast leave us a rating and a review helps us get pushed up through all of the other podcasts and kind of make us more findable for lack of a better word. Visible, visible, findable, same thing, whatever you want to do. Um, if you do that and we, I find it, I'll gladly shout you out on the show. Today is from our friend, Dave from Edinburgh says outstanding podcast, five stars. These guys are the nuts. I stumbled across them last year and have been hooked 
ever since. Patiently waiting on every episode. The latest episode on Stardust Ranch was freaking awesome. I want to go samurai some grays now. Peace out and stay weird. That's awesome. <laughs> Same. Sign Fuck me up. Awesome. Sign me up. I'd be totally down to samurai some grays. It would be interesting. <laughs> to say the very extreme least, it would be interesting. I never get tired of reading these. No, they're they're, so they're fantastic. It's probably my favorite part of the show. Um, my next favorite part of the show would be our listener experiences, which I have one for you today from our friend Joe. Here is Joe's experience. He says, hey guys, you recently covered some high strangeness in parts of Arizona, and I have another story from that area. I grew up in the northeast of the state in the Four Corners region, where there's plenty of creepiness. Sometime later, I'll share some skinwalker stories from, the Nav- from a Navajo reservation. Your coverage of Travis Walton and Stardust Ranch reminded me of my aunt, who owned a horse ranch on the outskirts of Snowflake, pretty near where Walton was abducted. Her story begins when she was riding one of her horses on a trail along the cliffside of a small canyon. The horse stepped on a loose patch of ground that gave way, and the horse slightly injured its ankle. To go easy on the horse, she got off and walked it back home. It took a long time walking the injured horse, so it got dark before she could make it home. Walking slowly and carefully along the cliffside at night, she noticed something odd. Lights in the canyon. Huge circular lights were darting among the canyon walls, zipping around like dogs playing together or ants scurrying. She wanted to watch them longer because it seemed that they were busy at work or something, but the horse was getting nervous, so she had to continue onward. Years later, she was riding with some friends when they saw something in the sky that descended straight down, getting nearer until they they could see it was clearly a UFO. This was a generic saucer craft, bigger than a pickup truck. It came down slowly, and her whole group of friends noticed it. They gathered on the edge of the canyon and saw it sitting there. It was resting at the base of the canyon. In a moment, her neighbors ran over and joined them because they had seen the thing too. For minutes, they were watching this thing. It was in the middle of the day so they could clearly see it. Eventually, it rose upward and moved along the canyon and around the bend until they could no longer see it. Her neighbors later told her that they had also seen those lights in the canyon at night. Her last encounter was when driving home one night. In her rearview mirror, she saw a light in the distance. It wasn't a car because it was up off the ground. After a minute, it was still there, but slowly getting closer. She pulled off the side of the road, looked up, and saw a disc-shaped UFO in the night sky, but it was motionless, keeping the same distance behind her. She got back in her truck and kept driving home. Then she noticed it was not only following her, but quickly gaining on her, until she couldn't see it in the rear view because it was right above her. Now at this point, she claimed that the thing just disappeared, and she was suddenly pulling into her driveway, but the electronics in her truck were messed up. This was back in the 90s, so the only vehicle electronics were really just radios and clocks. I'm guessing the messed up electronics was the time on her truck clock no longer matched, and the whole thing sounded to me like the missing time phenomenon. I believe she had other experiences, but she hinted that there was more going on, but she was usually a bit shy about discussing these things, so these stories are all I heard from her. Sadly, my aunt passed away just a year after she told me the last story. Somehow, doctors had no clue why, Her whole body's immune system had shut down. She caught some very rare disease, something that a normal immune system will stop 100% of the time, and passed very quickly. I have heard stories of abductees getting odd illnesses, sometimes related to radiation, and I wonder if there's a er, a relation. But the idea gives me such useless anger that I can't really dwell on it. Certainly there's a lot of weirdness going on in the Southwest, 
Damn, if the green chili wasn't so good, it wouldn't be worth all these UFOs, bulletproof gray aliens, and skinwalkers lurking around. Thanks for reading. Keep it weird, Joe. Um, thanks for writing in, Joe. First off, I want to say my condolences to your aunt. Um, it's a shame that she got sick in the way that she did. It's definitely suspicious, to say the least. Yeah, and it's not It's not easy <laughs> losing loved ones. It's rough. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Yeah, it sounds like she had quite a few run-ins with UFOs. And, I mean, I'm with you on the last account there that is definitely a missing time phenomenon is what I would... Yeah, by the border, book. You know, and borderline most likely abduction. That's kind of goes hard to digest, really. Yeah, it kind of goes hand in hand there. I mean, usually when you're missing time, it's because you haven't been here. Yeah, and it sounds like it sounds like it wasn't a singular event. Clearly, if the neighbors see it and then other people are seeing it, and it's happened over and over again. I wonder if there is like a. Uh, like an evidence trail of these things happening, if people recorded their incidents or if there were newspaper clippings or, you know, if it made it to the media. Because if it's this common, you'd think that it would have gotten out a little bit. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, for sure. I I definitely want to hear about those skinwalker stories, though. Yeah. Those, we haven't really had many skinwalker stories. Makes me wonder if they if it also correlates with the UFO encounters if they go hand in hand. I wouldn't doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it at all. It's weird. It's and it is kind of weird. It's strange to have that many encounters with lights and just UFOs in general, and which would further lead to you being right in the fact that she had most likely been abducted. Because it seems like once they take an interest in you and they they stay interested in you for a little, a little bit of time, <laughs> that's, that's which terrible. is unfortunate. That's terrible. Yeah, and uh, it is it is suspect that her immune system just basically shut off, especially if it's not a, a common thing for that to happen. And and I mean, I obviously don't know her. Her medical history or her background, but if it was out of nowhere, like if she was basically perfectly healthy and then all of a sudden one day her immune system just goes, boop, done. Yeah, that's immediately what I thought was like radiation. It, it very well could be. I don't, I don't know much about radiation and, and its effects. I know it's not great for you at all, so. Definitely weird, dog. Absolutely. So, yeah. That is weird. Thanks for taking the time to write into us, Joe. Uh, if you do get a chance, send in those Skinwalker stories because, like, it's kind of right up Kyle's alley there. Oh, yeah. It, I would be very interested in hearing them. Yep. If you, if anybody else has a paranormal encounter, just tune in to the beginning of the show and you know how to send it to us. That being said, I am going to take us on a little trip back in time to 1942 to see if our American military actually engaged in an exchange with a UFO. I hope so. Me too. 
Um, before I start that, there's going to be a little history lesson because you kind of got to consider the mind state that America was in at the time. So bear with me a little bit. I kind of circle back around after I put some information out. So here we go. Did the American military engage a UFO in 1942? On the evening of February 24th and the early morning hours of February 25th, the U.S. would encounter and engage in an unknown object along the coast of California, more specifically Los Angeles County, California. The barrage would lead to, an in, to indirect civilian deaths, multiple instances of property damage around the county. To this day, it's still unknown as to what was seen and what was in the skies above Los Angeles that February night. The incident is known as the Great Los Angeles Air Raid, or more commonly known as the Battle for Los Angeles. As I stated before, before I get into the account of what actually happened, I have to kind of give you the mindset of the American military and the American public and how it possibly could have affected the events that happened that night. It was a time of turmoil in the United States as well as all over the world. World War II was raging across Europe. The Axis power had a firm grip on, the, on Europe and everyone waited anxiously to see when we would, we being the U.S., would jump in. December 7, 1941, just two months before the Los Angeles incident, the Imperial Japanese Navy launched an attack on the naval base in Pearl Harbor, Honolulu, Hawaii. This attack would lead to America's formal entry into World War II. The attack was led by 353 Imperial Japanese aircraft launched from six aircraft carriers. Of the eight U.S. naval battleships, all were damaged and four sunk. Also sunk or damaged were three cruisers, three destroyers, an anti-aircraft shift, and a mine layer. 188 U.S. aircraft were destroyed as well. The attack led to the loss of more than 2,400 American lives with almost 1,200 more wounded. This attack on U.S. soil was like nothing anyone had seen or been prepared for. It drove already raised nerves and anxiety of the American public to an all-time high. To add to the public outrage and paranoia, rumors of Jap Japanese submarines lurking along the West Coast intensified. Fears of more attacks and community leaders calling for blackouts in their towns. To add to the public outrage and paranoia, rumors of Japanese submarines lurking along the west coast intensified. Fears of more attacks had community leaders calling for blackouts in their towns, where all towns were to shut off all of their lights in all of their houses and try to thwart any raids from targeting their communities. Rumors that a Japanese aircraft carrier was cruising off the coast of San Francisco Bay resulted in the city of Oakland to close all of its schools in order a blackout. Local police mounted air raid sirens to their vehicles and drove through the city blaring out the warnings. As complete radio silence was ordered throughout the city, in Seattle they also imposed a blackout of all buildings and vehicles. Owners who left their lights on in their buildings had their businesses smashed by mobs of over 2,000 residents. The rumors of future attacks were taken so seriously that 500 U.S. troops were moved into Walt Disney's studios in Burbank, California to defend it in case of an impending attack. As the U.S. was preparing for war, anti-aircraft guns and bunkers were built along the West Coast. This, combined with the air raid precautions and procedures, just escalated the public's paranoia, with good cause because American merchant ships off the West Coast were actually being attacked by Japanese submarines, Particularly from December 1941 through February 1942, multiple ships were attacked, damaged, or sank during this period. 
Then on the 23rd of February, 1942, during one of President Franklin D. Roosevelt's fireside chats, a Japanese submarine I-17 surfaced near Santa Barbara, California, and shelled Elwood oil field in Goleta. Although the damage was minimal, uh, the attack had a profound effect on public imagination as West Coast residents came to believe that the Japanese could storm the beaches at any moment. This just intensified the paranoia and hysteria of the U.S. public. Again, I'm just noting all this to kind of give the idea of the mindset of the American public. On the 24th of February, U.S. Naval Intelligence issued a warning that an attack on mainland California could be expected within the next 10 hours. This elevated the region alert to a yellow, which meant that an unidentified aircraft had been detected. After a few hours, the alert was reverted to an all-clear. However, this didn't last long. At 1.44 a.m. on February 25th, at least three separate radar stations picked up an unidentified aircraft approaching Los Angeles. By 2 a.m., the unidentified aircraft was within 125 miles off the coast of L.A. Within minutes, anti-aircraft guns on the coast were set to green alert, which is prepared to fire. The city prepared for a raid. Less than 25 minutes later, the UFO had been tracked within three miles of the coast. Imminent attack alarms were sounded, and the city was blacked out. Keep this in mind. The UFO traveled 122 miles in 25 minutes. That's about 292 miles an hour. Witnesses said that it was an ominous sight seeing the city be completely dark, the streets abandoned with massive searchlights penetrating the sky. The initial UFO immediately disappeared from the radar screen never to reappear, but visual sightings of enemy aircraft by military and civilians alike started pouring into information centers around the city. At about 3.10 a.m., anti-aircraft gunners got the order to open fire, and according to witnesses in the night, the night sky above, Los Angeles erupted like a volcano. Quote, After the initial barrage of artillery fire, it became increasingly erratic, as more and more sightings of aircraft continued flooding in from around the city. The sightings were so inconsistent, they ranged from single low-flying aircraft to people seeing entire fleets of enemy bombers numbering in the hundreds, while others, just as capable witnesses, didn't see anything at all. To make the situation worse, people were trying to estimate the distances and speeds and altitudes. Some people claimed to see blimps, where others were, were reporting large birds or balloons. The barrage ended about 4 a.m., but the blackout wasn't concluded until dawn. Upon artillery fire ending, it was estimated that 1,400 anti-aircraft rounds had been fired in the hour. Multiple buildings and cars were damaged with, shrap- <clears throat> with shrapnel from the barrage, and five civilians died indirectly related to the incident heart attacks, and car accidents as such. The news reports the following day did nothing to help clear the night's incidents. Initial reports indicated that multiple witnesses had seen enemy planes hit and fall from the sky. A local police officer reported seeing two planes fall from the convergence of the searchlights, but searches by local police found no signs of enemy aircraft whatsoever. They only found shrapnel from the anti-aircraft rounds. Furthermore, The Western Defense Command reported that no enemy bombs had been dropped and no enemy planes had been shot down. To muddy the waters even further was the lack of agreement between officials and the military. Franklin Knox, the Secretary of the Navy, spoke at a press conference in Washington, D.C. and is quoted saying, It was just a false alarm. There were no planes over Los Angeles that night, 
At least that's our understanding, end quote. Going on to state that the barrage had been provoked by nothing more than jittery nerves and overexcitement. On the other hand, Henry Stimson, the Secretary of War, stated that as many as 15 planes may have been involved, flying at various speeds from what is officially reported as being very slow to as much as 200 miles per hour, and at an elevation from 9,000 to 18,000 feet had flown over the city. Due to the lack of actual attack, it is believed that it may have been a Japanese recon mission, or even a psychological terror tactic where enemy pilots use commercial planes to fly overhead and induce fear and chaos along the coast. Unfortunately, this is the best explanation the U.S. public would get. Just speculation. Something. Nothing. Nobody knew what it was. The event would fall into obscurity soon after as America entered the war, bombed Japan, and World War II would end. After the war's, war's end, new light would be shed upon the Great Los Angeles Air Raid. Declassified documents indicated that the Army had, in fact, headed an investigation shortly after the barrage ended, and a number of interesting facts came to light. According to the documents, the okay to fire was sent after a balloon carrying a red flare was reported over Santa Monica. That's a direct quote. A balloon carrying a red flare was reported over Santa Monica. After which, a number of anti-aircraft batteries reported firing on a number of enemies, including unidentified balloons, airships, and airplanes. Multiple units reported seeing and hearing the planes soaring through the night sky, as well as one unit reported that they had actually set an aircraft on fire and saw it fall into the ocean. It was concluded that it has been definitely ascertained that the blackout and anti-aircraft firing were caused by the presence of from one to five unidentified airplanes. While it was possible that these planes were launched from Japanese submarines, it's more likely that they were civilian or commercial planes operated by unauthorized pilots. Furthermore, Japanese involvement was subsequently ruled out as, Jap uh, as Japan had not sent any aircraft near Los Angeles that night. So any aircraft sighted that night had to be of U.S. origin. But that increased speculation because a thorough search of American flight itineraries turned up nothing as well. In 1948, William Goss, a college professor and former Army Air Force major, was tasked with researching the incident on behalf of the Air Force. He was given access to all documents acquired by the military. He came to the conclusion that a weather balloon was to blame for the barrage. Of course. It's a typical response. <laughs> What's the go-to? Right. Which actually had quite a bit of corroborating evidence to back his hypothesis. Considering the classified documents had reported that a weather balloon was what sparked the initial okay to fire, also at least three officers testified that they had identified the object as a weather balloon, and one of the officers actually chose not to fire, as he had learned that one of their regiments had in fact launched weather balloons, that evening, which was corroborated by a general who confirmed that two other balloons had been released near Hollywood earlier that night. The balloon theory also can attest for the slow movement of the object during the barrage. It's reported that one of the objects took over 30 minutes to travel 25 miles up the coast, far slower than any airplane. That's so stupid. I'm just <laughs> going to cut it off because it's stupid. You go from... Everybody reporting that we have no clue what's going on. We're seeing 50 planes. We're seeing two balloons. We're seeing red flares. We're seeing this, that, and the we're other. We're seeing birds. We're seeing... Yeah, large birds. Yeah, we're going to shoot down large birds. And then 
Hey, Hollow Colt, the weather's getting nice, and you know what that means. It's cryptid hunting season. And the first rule to cryptid hunting is good footwear. That's why we're excited to announce our partnership with Tacovis Boots. When you're out hunting the dogman or stalking Chupacabra, you don't have time to break in boots. That's why Tacovis is so nice. They have first wear comfort. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with their styles when you're out hunting cryptids. And let me tell you, their styles are on point. I've always considered getting me a pair of snakeskin boots, and their pair is mint. They also have crocodile boots, caiman boots, ostrich boots, regular leather boots. They they have it all, and it's it's ridiculously awesome. You can even stop by their the local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and a friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. So just imagine yourself getting a pair of legitimate snakeskin Hollow Sky branded boots. How awesome would that be? Nothing is going to intimidate a dog man like a nice pair of gator skin boots. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So, and, and then your your other theory that you throw out there is that you're going to have enemy pilots take <laughs> commercial planes and fly them over L.A. to provoke fear, knowing that there's entire anti-aircraft batteries set up to shoot you out of the fucking sky. Yeah, less than two months after Pearl Harbor was attacked. Yeah, and then now you're going to move back to this this balloon theory, and you, the best you can come up with is that, yeah, it would explain the slow speeds. It took 25 minutes to get X amount of miles, Okay, yeah, oh, right. Except that the major fuck up here is that you went and stated prior that this object traveled 292 miles an hour to begin with, but it was just a balloon. Not to mention, I'm going to go ahead and say this is most likely a UFO or a couple UFOs. Isn't it possible that it was going so slow because it didn't give a shit? Because you were just throwing salt specks at, at a damn hawk in the sky, and it didn't care. I mean, it just like and then and then what do you? Oh, you're gonna have a bunch of generals and officers attest to that it it's a balloon. Come on, Dude, do better. My thing is, is, this happened in 1942. If these military officials knew that they were releasing weather balloons, why did it take an outside source? To dig into this shit in 1948, six years later, to be like, hey, could it have been a weather balloon? You guys released weather balloons, and they're like, you know what? We fucking did. Yeah, it was we definitely, did do that. It was definitely a weather balloon, and that's what we were shooting at. <laughs> well, here's another n- note. If if you guys can't fucking shoot down a balloon that's moving ultra slow, as the public, I'm gonna come out and go, why the hell? <laughs> 
are these guys exactly. guarding our city. That's like two paragraphs is exactly this is, that. This is ridiculous. You suck. You suck at your job. You all need to be fired. So, um, as to be expected, many units were actually criticized for not taking the slow rate of speed into consideration before engaging. They're like, man, this thing's moving like a balloon. It looks like a balloon. Maybe we better shoot it. But... This hypothesis brought up by this investigation just led to more questions. Why would the Army launch 1,400 fucking anti-aircraft rounds out of balloon? Especially one that their own regiment released. Quote, unquote. <laughs> it's also stated that the balloon, or that when the balloon was initially reported, it passed to other units as an enemy airship as opposed to an a balloon, or... It stated that when the balloon was initially reported... It was passed to other units as an enemy airship as opposed to a balloon, leading to the okay to fire call. So someone fucked it up, and instead of being a U.S. balloon, they're like, you know what, this is probably an enemy airship, even though we just released it. Yeah, that makes sense. Cool. So then it kind of rounds back to Kyle's question. How can 1,400 rounds of anti-aircraft rounds fail to bring down a slow-moving balloon? You guys suck at your job. That's what... (laughs) Conflicting reports from different members of the military state seeing the launch balloons float away majestically and safely, where another reported that a big bag that looked like a balloon was being torn to shreds by gunfire and slowly falling to the ground. It's like every single statement they have, someone else gives exactly the opposite. Yeah. And in the beginning, they were saying that they saw crafts crash into the ocean and this, that, and the other. And like, none of, none of you. In the entire, I think they were all on acid that night. <laughs> they were all collectively Uh-oh. dropping acid. I hope so. And they had no, absolutely no clue what the fuck was going on. I hope they. Like, did. That is ridiculous. The amount, and I understand that a lot of it comes from scared people. Okay, but nevertheless, like how how do you go from balloons to giant birds in the sky? And I mean, it just it just keeps going. The discrepancies led to even more out of this world hypothesis. An LA Times correspondent named Bill Henry claims that he saw a UFO take a direct hit from an anti-aircraft shell. Meanwhile, he refers to the UFO as a batch of balloons floating in the wind. So, oh. so Henry, did you see a UFO or did you see a balloon? Because as every other story. In this story, it goes. It just contradicts one another. Yeah, well, I mean, here's the thing. Here's the thing, boss. I, I saw. It, I mean, I called it a UFO because I didn't. Ex- it, I don't exactly know what type of balloon it was. It was really weird because I saw it get shot and it didn't blow up. So it's got to be some type of new experimental balloon. That's what. That's the only reason why I called it a UFO because, you know. It's more of like a UFB. Because you didn't know if it was a balloon or not. Yeah, yeah. And it is bulletproof, so <laughs> it's to, weird. To add to the conspiracy, a photo published by the Los Angeles Times the day after the incident shows spotlights converging on what appears to be some sort of solid object in the night sky, along with artillery shells exploding around it. What the object is cannot be determined in the photograph, but where this is where it gets weird because it's proven that the photograph posted by the paper was actually enhanced and touched up for the paper. 
Yes, it was photoshopped for the paper to make it look. Did they have Photoshop back then? Not Photoshop as we know it, but I found the two pictures, and it is definitely different. They definitely made it look like there was something in the sky, and there there were shells blowing up around it. And and so that's the fake one. The yeah, that's the enhanced one. The OG one looks pretty similar, but you can definitely tell like they made the explosions brighter, and they kind of almost outlined the object. So I mean. It, so it was real. It just more like they they they, they dolled it up. Yeah, they embellished it. A yeah, bit. yeah, make it more appealing. Okay. Which I mean, I know they're a paper, and they need they want to sell more papers. But you're the Los Angeles Times. You're also kind of a reputable no, news source. So yeah, you're gonna be all right. Why would you go to push that narrative if there wasn't really something there? You know what I Good mean. Good question. They were all on acid. Yeah. I figured it out. I'm going with Kyle. I have, yeah. no, I have no reason to not believe that everyone on the West Coast was on acid that night. God, and that just basically turned into a giant rave. Yeah. With all the guns <laughs> going off and bright lights. So this whole investigation that they launched kind of pushed the narrative that Balloon 1 was launched and mistaken for an enemy airship. So that was fired on. Then in the midst of this, a second balloon was launched. And then it starts all over again, and it's fired on. Then you have the smoke from over a thousand anti-aircraft rounds, which lead to even more discrepancies and sightings. That's what they're wanting to push. Two balloons. Yep, yep. It all totally makes sense. If you're completely stupid. <laughs> Except for this one gigantic plot hole. The radar readings. Three separate radar stations picked up a UFO and tracked it to within three miles of Los Angeles, only to have it disappear faster than any fucking balloon could travel. Right. Yet while the barrage was taking place, multiple radar units continued to scan the skies and picked up nothing at all. The UFO never appeared again on the radars. Granted, American radar equipment wasn't great back then, but how can targets be visible to witnesses with the naked eye, as well as binoculars, yet go undetected by radar? Well, that's because Ralph down the street was having a birthday party and let all his balloons go, don't you remember? (laughs) That is true. That's what popped up on the radar. So, the radar is my most compelling evidence because you got three separate stations that picked up this fast-ass moving UFO all the way from 125 miles. They've tracked it all the way in to three miles, and then it disappears. Well, which is the prelude to them actually opening fire. Yeah, and as, as they're opening fire where you have multiple witnesses saying... Oh, we saw this airplane, and we saw these 15 airplanes, we saw this commercial jetliner, and we saw this, and we saw this, and we saw this. There was no fucking radar evidence for any of that shit. Which is strange. Which is fucking strange. The fact that, I don't even know. It was almost like everybody was on acid. Yeah, or, or, I don't know, man. I got one. I mean, there could be this collection's consciousness of just fear. Fear, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, been living in a time where you have to completely black out your entire city, 
for fear of an attack, it would be pretty stressful, to say the least. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was mass hysteria, but it can't be mass hysteria because they have radar evidence that something was well, in the and sky. a photo. Yeah, and a photo that was photoshopped. Well, not in nineteen forty. It was embellished, to, you know. But there's still something there. I don't buy that the military let a balloon go and then it got fired on. They're like, well, "Shit, we gotta let another balloon go." <laughs> Keep I don't send it. I don't. I don't see that either. Fucking that doesn't make sense. Because you would think that if you had let a balloon go and then a guy catches it in his eye, he's gonna he's gonna check, like, hey. Sir, there's an object over there. Should I shoot it? Like you would think there would be a process here, unless it's just clearly <laughs> communication. Mister Gun Ho, and he's just like, oh, I'm shooting it. Communication is not there's the strong point of Obviously. this. Obviously, because they're like, hey, we're releasing a weather balloon, and they're like, oh, you mean enemy airship? Let's shoot it. Well, and then on top of that, so let's let's break down the thought process here. I'm I'm releasing a balloon for whatever reason. All right, I let my balloon go in the air. Oh shit, they're shooting at it. The military is actively shooting at my balloon. What should I do? Release another one. When it was Obviously. the when it was the military that released the balloon to begin with. Well, I realize that, but who who thinks like that? Like you have old Sam down there and he's like, "Oh, yeah, sir, I'm letting this balloon go." And then you let it go and then the the officer in charge is like, "Oh, damn it." These guys are shooting down the balloon. You better send another one up. We're not going to clear it with anybody about how this is an accident. We shouldn't be shooting at our own balloons. But I'm just going to go ahead and throw another one up there. Just go ahead and provoke. And not to mention, why the fuck are you releasing balloons in the middle of the night? What What's the purpose of it? Weather. Oh, yeah, I forgot. <laughs> I forgot. That's cool. And, and my uh, thing cool. is, is like this, this uh, engagement directly or indirectly, led to the loss of U.S. civilian lives. People having heart attacks, people crashing their cars. I forget, awesome. it was like four or six people died as a indirect, direct result of this engagement. <coughs> so you'd think somebody would step the fuck up and try to answer the questions. Oh, you would think, you know but it's I mean? the military. Like, like Just a couple of years later, it was 47. Yeah, and Roswell, which... You have another UFO that crashes, and what do they say it is? Like, hey, guys, last time this excuse really worked, so let's do it again. Let's just send it. Send I mean, and, it. and that's after we we replay almost the exact same narrative. At first, we admit that it's a UFO, and then they're like, psych, it was a weather balloon. Hold up. It was a weather balloon. My bad, bro. I shouldn't have been coming out with the, that information. And it's it's like, can fear really play into collective psyche that much? Because, like I say, said, you have people, you have the radar, which shows the fast-moving object, three different radars pick it up, and then it disappears. Then you have people seeing one plane. Then you have people seeing as many as 15 planes. Then you have people seeing airships. Then you have people seeing UFOs. Then you have people seeing balloons. Then you have people seeing birds but the, like, i don't know what the bird they, people were on they were on some good shit they they're so different yeah you know what i mean well a guy a goddamn weather balloon does not look like 15 fucking airplanes no but i i also think that like for a lot of them i think a lot of them did see something in there and they didn't quite know how to 
how to explain it. I think that's why you would I mean, you very well could have had a couple balloon descriptions because they were more circular UFO or whatever. But and the, the thing is, is like, I do think that the fear aspect could help embellish people's stories. Cause here you're, you're talking to your neighbor and you're like, man, did you see that in the sky? And then your neighbor's like, like talking about them 15 birds. Yeah. yeah like the, your neighbor <laughs> kind of like unknowingly embellishes the story a little bit. And then it kind of molds it just a hair. And then the more that the story gets spread around, the more this guy over here adds just a little bit to it. And then this person adds just a little bit to it. And then it turns into this giant fucking disaster. So then you have birds piloting commercial aircraft. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And you, you got the jab Queens that just the news happens to, you know, interview and they're like, have I got the story? I'm telling you right now, there was 46 balloons. There was 13 birds per balloon riding on these things. And then the military started shooting at them, you know, and we don't know this could have, these birds could have been on the endangered species list. This, this is getting out of control. <laughs> I love it. But that, that's how these types of situations work. Like, and, and then you, then you have your classic one uppers too, that could have be involved with the story. The birds were shooting the anti-aircraft guns. See? At civilian planes. Yeah, exactly. My thing is you have military, credible military sources here going on record saying that they fired rounds, fired ammunition that struck planes and didn't do and watched them fall into the ocean on well, fire. There's that, yes. And didn't find any. Or did they? They may have. Or, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, That is a, that is a curious one. Yeah. Because the main... And there was multiple accounts saying that they had struck enemy aircraft, but when they went to recover any wreckage, all it was was busted-ass artillery shells that they'd been throwing around all over Los Angeles. Maybe they didn't really shoot any of them down. Maybe they thought they did. Maybe they're underwater UFOs. Or, yeah, you shot them. And they they're went... going back into the ocean to get repaired. Right. I mean, anything's <laughs> possible at this point. Uh I feel like odds are they probably did hit them, but it probably didn't do shit. Unless um, maybe this UFO started World War II or America's America's entry into World War II. I mean, because you already had Pearl Harbor. You know, Pearl Harbor had everybody fucking rip roaring ready to America go. That's what America does. Now you have this UFO doing fast passes along the West Coast where they already got. Fucking ten thousand anti-aircraft guns set up. Let's well, gonna. Well, they're thinking. Let's let's see what happens when we get all these prideful fuckers in a tizzy. <laughs> see what happens. And what happened? Nuke. <laughs> well, yeah. I don't know, man. That's it. Yeah. The shitty thing is, is that pr- probably it was 1942. There are not a lot of witnesses left around no. to corroborate any stories so uh, it's probably just going to always be a mystery yeah i feel like i feel like they probably saw ufos yeah that the fact that they, the radar, they clocked yeah they clocked the radar that thing is what sells it for me that three like if it would have been one radar you're like man that's pretty weird two radars you're like ah, could be a coincidence well you got three now so that's kind of 
There's something in the fucking sky. And they they literally shot 1,400 rounds. That is a lot of anti-aircraft rounds. At balloons. N- knowingly. like At y- something. Yeah, they shot at something knowing that, that wasn't registering rounds, on the radar. <laughs> well, nevertheless, that those rounds, they they had to have known that like there there would be a possibility that we could hurt innocent people with these rounds. But they deemed the threat to be so that they went ahead and engaged anyways. Like I don't yeah, like yeah, I, I don't true. feel like that's a very light call to make. No. Especially 1400. Yeah, that's what I mean and I mean I couldn't imagine. Not and then you have that's the other strange thing is you you would ha- you'd think that you would have cuz they kind of loosely describe it how these anti-aircraft Craft rounds were lighting up the sky, and they had fucking spotlights. Yeah. Okay. So you mean you're gonna use a Batman ass spotlight, and you can't tell that it's a balloon at this point? Yeah. Let me show you this picture of what the L.A. Times put out. It is fucking come crazy. on. Like, I don't know. The story just seems so ridiculous, and not not the actual story itself, but all these like testimonies and like, oh, here's how we're gonna explain all this away when. You could poke a million freaking holes in it. Yeah, look, and my question is, if they wanted to push the balloon narrative and the LA Times had the ability to embellish... There's like 14 or 15 spotlights on this thing. Yeah, if they, and they had the ability to embellish the photo, why not just put a fucking balloon in the photo and call it a day? Right, yeah. You know, not make it look like there's a... F- I mean... That looks like a fleet. Like there's a mothership and a bunch well, of small th- ones. These are all the artillery rounds blowing up. This thing right here. Oh, so it's got a force field like an Independence Day. Yes, <laughs> that's exactly it. Doesn't it? It's what it looks like because they're yeah. exploding away from the aircraft. Because these lights are clearly converging on something. Oh yeah, it's I, reflecting off of something. Yeah, you're not. And it looks like a fucking saucer shape. Yeah, and it probably is. So I don't fucking know. And then. You know, but that would if if it was 1942 and you're already worried about war, the whole war, world is in turmoil, and you look out your fucking apartment building and you see that going on. Oh, I'm freaking out. And all you're hearing is <laughs> artillery shells firing. Yeah, you're gonna I'm be like, out. yeah, it's either it's either invasion. Yeah, or also invasion. Yeah, and then you know, side note here for all you. Movie freaks out there, if you haven't watched Battle of Los Angeles, go do it. That's it's pretty, awesome. Pretty dope film. One of my favorite movies. I'll post some of these pictures, and I know I always say that I'm not good about it, but yeah. Kyle's wife will probably yell at me yeah, and she'll make get sure mad. that I know. Like, look at that. That there is something there. Oh yeah, without question. I'm telling you, it's a UFO, straight up, hundred percent UFO. That makes it even crazier that our artillery rounds just didn't even do anything. That's what I'm saying. That's Independence Day shit. We need Will Smith to punch these. If aliens he in was the face. there, he would have knocked them out. See that? That is a saucer in that motherfucker for sure. And like I said, even in that picture, there's still one, two, three, four, five, six, seven spotlights that you can clearly see, and they all still are like, "Yo, it's a balloon." <laughs> it's 15 birds. Yeah. I don't know. It's weird. I'm sorry the first half was a history lesson, but I kind of had to add that in there you know, oh, to take the whole mass hysteria thing into effect. Yeah, it's some, it is something to consider. <laughs> Nevertheless, 
you know, despite I'm going to have my own feelings on it anyways. And I'm going to say that it is an alien without question. That was, I never thought you were going to go in. Well, yeah. Direction. And I don't, I don't feel like many people would think that I'd go in any other direction, but it is, it is to note that you should take an account for the situation, the time and just how scared people actually were. Yeah, for sure. Which is even more to note the fact that they had the go to completely black out the city. So you wouldn't even be able to use the excuse that lights from the city could cast, you know, cast doubt on anything in the air because it's completely fucking black. So with them spotlights are hitting, it's lighting them up. Yeah. And that, that makes it even more eerie knowing that when you looked outside, there were no cars. Oh yeah. There were no lights. You know, damn good and well. bright as fuck. You know, damn good and well. Everybody in the city seen that fucking thing. Anybody who looked outside. Especially when they start hearing the artillery go off. Yeah. The first thing you're going to think of is here, you know, here comes the Japanese. Yeah. Here we go. Oh yeah. That would be, that would, that would be a terrifying thought. Here it comes. And then you look out the window and you just see a single UFO out there and you're you're just baffled at it. You're like, what? Or 15 birds. Or 15 giant birds riding balloons. Actually, I would probably rather have a UFO than giant birds that are bulletproof. <laughs> yeah. A bunch of pterodactyls swooping everybody up. That'd be terrible. Terrible. Pterodactyl. Badunce. <laughs> Those are the Love jokes, it. folks. I'm here all week. Yeah. We don't do a very good job. But anyway, that's the Battle for LA brought to you by the Hall Sky Podcast. Yeah, it's what we do. Hell yeah. We talk about stuff and... Talk about it some more. Yeah, we're good at that. So, that being said, thanks for tuning in and hanging out with us today and looking into this cool little UFO story. Uh, Check us out at all our social medias. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, Twitter, whatever the hell else we do stuff on. Can't think about it right now because my brain doesn't work. Until next time, stay safe, stay weird, and if you see 15 giant bulletproof birds just try to refrain from shooting anti-aircraft artillery at it.